You're listening to Preaching Source, a ministry of Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary's School of Preaching. I'm your host, Professor Barry McCarty. Our guest on Preaching Source today is Dr. Noe Garcia. He is the senior pastor at uh, North Phoenix and uh, a very successful church uh, for a long time and has become, uh, went through a a period of decline and challenge, uh, but under his leadership since 2016 has uh, become vibrant and really alive and growing again. And uh, we want to talk to him today about success in preaching. Now, I think Noe's especially adapted for that, uh, in addition to a Master of Divinity degree from Golden Gate Baptist Theological Seminary. He has a Doctor of Ministry degree in Executive Leadership, and we often think of the terms of leadership and success together. So uh, welcome to Preaching Source, Noe. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate being here. Uh, first of all, let, let's, let's start uh, at the broad end of the funnel. Uh, how does the world, what's the popular conception of success? You know, this is, this is great because I fell into this, um, specifically when it came to preaching. When I first entered the ministry, um, you know, I, I think about my ministry preaching heroes, the guys who would draw crowds, the guys who would write books, the guys who would um, have thousands of followers on Twitter and Facebook, right? Those are the guys I thought, man, if I can just preach like them. And, and several things happened in my heart personally. Um, I became to be a a fake version of them, a very poor attempt at that, and never became or was becoming who God wanted me to be to my own specific voice for the gospel. And what I thought success was in preaching was um, I preached for personal affirmation, not biblical transformation. I preached to woo the crowds. I preached to get the applause of men. And so my outlines would be framed so that they can be... Um, uh, so they can be impressive sermons. And now, there was a tad bit in there where, yes, I wanted biblical transformation, but if I have to be honest, there's a large percentage to say, I know I did well if they start clapping. I know I did well if I get a lot of retweets. And that's, I know it sounds horrible, but if you want to go down to the scales of my heart, what was there is no longer there, but what was there was I was looking for the approval of man. I was looking for the the personal affirmation through preaching, not biblical transformation. Mm. I, I believe that if a lot of pastors were honest, I mean, that, that's a, a professional hazard for anybody who chooses, you know, the ministry as a calling. Um, you know, would it, do you think a pastor who is good at it might be in even more danger oh, absolutely. than a guy who just aspires to it but isn't very good at it. So. Yeah, absolutely. The guy who's good at it has to really protect his heart. Mm. Uh, it's, it's, I always tell my guys this, who I let preach in the pulpit, and, and they have a month to prepare a sermon, and they do well, and, and people are telling them they do well, and they start retweeting their own sermon, saying, I hope this blesses you, that kind of thing. And I just say, hey, don't get drunk off the stage. Because it's a oh, slow that's, fade. Oh, that, that's a good word. Don't get drunk off the stage. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's a slow fade, and it's a little sip here, a little sip there, a little, a little listen from a fan here, a listen from a fan there, and all of a sudden they think they're bigger than life, and um, they don't know the reality of what comes behind preaching. I'm like, hey, buddy, you had an entire month to prepare a sermon, you know, and even if they, they're doing it consistently and doing well, there's still a huge danger on a, a person who is gifted 
to begin to rely on their giftings and be void of the Spirit. Mm. All right, okay, those are uh, the pitfalls. You, you've, you've colorfully painted mm-hmm. the pitfalls of success. So what, uh, is there a positive way to think of success and, and to, uh, what is it that a pastor should want to succeed at in yes. his ministry? So uh, there, there are two things I normally do. doesn't mean this is the silver bullet, but I think um, to be able to clearly, um, expositionally, exegetically, with humility, preach God's Word. To, to, so people have a clear understanding what it is God is trying to convey th- through this passage. People need to hear the heart of God through the Word of God. You don't ever need to separate those two things because the heart of God is in the Word of God, and anytime you separate those, you can have a sermon filled with knowledge, yet void of the heart of God. Those two should always be married together, never divorce, which leads to biblical transformation. It leads to a lost person becoming saved when they hear the Word of God, when they see the Word of God, and it leads to the saved person being sanctified. Those two things should be always married, in my opinion. Uh, would you incorporate that into a definition of success for a pastor? How, if you were to give a pastor, what's your definition of success? How would you state that? Well, I would say to clearly um, exegete the Word of God while conveying the heart of the heart of God. Is what I would say. Clearly exegete the Word of God while conveying the heart of God. The Word of God doesn't need your help. Mm. Um, how do you put that into practice for, for yourself? What, what practical ideas would you give to pastors on, on doing that on a week-to-week basis? Um, never, ever prepare half-baked sermons. And so what I mean by that is sometimes our schedules can become so busy that we actually don't, we actually don't let the text marinate in our souls before we serve it. And so I have learned to really allow the text to marinate in my soul and, and to seek it and to search the heart of God through the text so that when I speak it, it's an overflow of the time that I've spent with the text, not simply just the knowledge that I have of the text. Um, so I would say for me personally, that's how I do that. I have to really sit on it. I have to let it marinate in me. I have to really study it and really try to seek the heart of God in it. Okay, I'm I'm holding uh, a couple of things in my mind in tension as as I'm thinking with you here. Uh, I mean, you began with just a, a very vivid description of of how pastors can be sucked into that hole of of seeking applause and seeking acclaim and and the fear of man and the applause of men, but but also uh, uh, all of us who who studied leadership or practiced it realized that you. You can't manage what you don't measure in some fashion. So how the, let's look back and, and a pastor who's evaluating his ministry, uh, how, does he, how does he evaluate his own ministry and say, okay, here, here are things I need to look for to determine whether I've been successful or whether something is lacking that I, that I need to strengthen? How do you evaluate your own ministry there? Yeah, um, I evaluate through... Um, Mentors and people I trust who allow to speak into my life to say, hey, this is where you're doing a very poor job of communicating the word. This is where you're doing a great job. And so while you listen, even through your own congregation, uh, while you listen to your fans, that's great. Also listen to your critics and somewhere in the middle is the truth. And so I always try to learn from that to better myself. 
while guarding my heart at the same time and never think that I'm more than I actually am, but still wanting to be effective in communicating. So don't hear me wrong. Being effective in communicating is incredibly important. I think sometimes we look for the wrong measurements in being effective. Uh, what I think being effective in communication is, is clearly communicating the Word of God and then looking for church members becoming sanctified through the teaching of the Word, looking through people being saved through the teaching of the Word. That's how I measure success. Are the saved being sanctified, and are the lost being saved? Mm. That's my measurement of success. Mm. Noah, you, uh, I, I've got just one last question. You, uh, you are now the senior pastor of what uh, in the past was one of the great legacy pulpits mm-hmm. of the Southern Baptist Convention. Uh, but under your leadership, it's, it's been reborn, so to speak, and, and revitalized. You're, you're a younger pastor, and, and we're, we're really at a place across the Southern Baptist Convention where there are lots of places where there are legacies that uh, are being uh, assumed by younger pastors. And, and if they aren't, they're going to die. And actually, kind of our convention is at a stage where we're seeing younger leaders rise. You, you have anything special to, to say about leadership to, to the Southern Baptist family? Maybe some, a word to the older guys who built the legacy and to the younger guys who are, are enlarging it and expanding it. Anything to say across generational lines to our Southern Baptist family? You know, I had uh, dinner with Dr. Greenway last night, and he asked a very similar question. He framed it a bit differently. Um, How do you feel about the future of the SBC? And I told him, quite honestly, I'm pretty excited about the different changes you see happening. There are some things that can be disheartening at times, uh, but but most importantly, um, the people God has put in place in certain positions in our convention. Um, As a young pastor, um, I think what's very attractive about many of these guys God has placed in here, specifically Dr. Greenway as well, J.D. Greer, is that not only are they great leaders and great preachers, but they have a true heart of humility about them. And for, I think, a, for a younger generation, younger pastors, I think we are repelled by the sense of arrogance and entitlement. Um, you know, when, when, when there's, you look at other pastors who c- seem to carry that, but we are attracted to the sense of humility. The men of God that God is using in mighty ways yet still have not lost their heart of being a servant. You know, it's important, and I read this in Romans 1, 1, Paul calls himself a bondservant. He calls himself a servant, a doulos, one who has willfully submitted and surrendered to his master. And I think if we're not careful, we enter the ministry with the heart of a servant, yet somewhere along the line, we slowly want to be served. So I want to start being a servant, and I want to finish being a servant. Oh, that is a great word. We've been talking today to uh, Noe Garcia, pastor of uh, North Phoenix. And, uh, oh, man, thanks for being here, and thanks for that good word. And uh, if you want a guy to, uh, to listen to and, and to look at and to see church revitalization, I'd uh, go to school on this brother here. Thanks for being with us, Noe. Thanks for having me.